G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Parents are quick to protect little children from eating something that looks good but is actually poisonous. Our special guest today says... Our political leaders and some parents are slow to catch on that trans activists are going all out to bait kids with poisonous lies. She says they've concocted the gender-bred person and drag queen story time to tell toddlers and preschoolers that they can choose to be a boy or a girl. Now, in the federal election campaign... Kira Lee Smith from Binary says it's time for voters to demand that politicians change Australia's unfair laws to protect all those who are being harmed by the transgender agenda. We'll be talking about the controversies around Catherine Deves, about the parental rights battle that's going on in New South Wales, and Senator Claire Chandler's Save Women's Sport Bill. Kira Lee Smith leads the organisation called Binary and has been one of the prominent voices standing up to the rampant campaign to de-gender Australian society. Kira Lee, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Well, Kira Lee, we have been talking about this for years now. Your campaign is working. The country is having a national conversation about protecting women's sport for the first time. How are you feeling about the developments? Well, mixed feelings, Neil. I obviously wish we didn't have to talk about these things and uh, I'd hoped that we could have dealt with these things sooner, but at the same time, extremely glad that this conversation is now a national conversation and it can't be avoided because it's something that affects all Australians, whether they're aware of it or not. Uh, but increasingly so as transgender, uh, particularly male to female, uh, people are encroaching in sporting arenas, in bathrooms, change rooms, in the girl guides, in uh, schools, in education and in our libraries. And so this is a conversation that we need to have. We need to have it respectfully, but we need to have it critically as well and to be very vigorous uh, in exploring the truth the scientific basis, the evidence, and how it does affect every Australian uh, in this country. So I think this is a great time to be having this discussion. Respectful and critical at the same time. Sometimes people don't know how those two go together. Let's talk about the Catherine Deves furor that's going on. She's a Liberal candidate in the seat of Warringah, and as soon as it came to light that she was Uh, in this battle for girls and women in sport. Uh, There was a pile-on. There was all sorts of calls for disendorsement. Uh, How were you feeling about uh, the the sort of battle that she's finding herself in? Yeah, look, it's it's been so disappointing to see the way the media treat her. Um, Just for the listeners, I'll let them know as well that she's the co-founder of Save Women's Sports Australasia. So there's a movement in many Western nations to save women's sports. So whereas binary uh, focuses on all uh, issues across, uh, the um, gender issues across education policy and whatnot, 
um, Save Women's Sport is obviously about sport and Catherine Dees has been the spokesperson and co-founder of that organisation and over the last 12 months in particular she has been very active on social media, she has spoken at many events, she's been interviewed uh, on many television and radio programs and uh, once her candidacy was announced for the Cedar Wall Ringer which is um, where Zali Segel, Segel, the uh, independent, is currently the incumbent, um, let's say all hell broke loose over that. Uh, the, the media, social media, came at her so aggressively uh, simply for proclaiming facts and scientific evidence. They didn't like the way she spoke. They didn't like what she said. And um, unfortunately, as we see in many, many areas of life these days, uh, they immediately resort to cancel culture, insults and threats, rather than actually engaging in the conversation. So it's been very hard for Catherine personally, uh, but very good uh, to bring this issue to the fore. Well, it brings every single parent into the controversy when Zali Stegall uh, reportedly uh, made those comments about Catherine Deves and included parents. She said parents' concerns about transgender athletes in women's sport is transphobia. Uh, how do you feel about the sort of name-calling that goes on? And as you say, uh, you know, they, res- they resort to name-calling when they haven't got an argument. But uh, your thoughts around... Parents included in the idea that uh, they'd be transphobic if they have a position here. Oh, it's absolutely appalling, Neil. I can't believe that a public figure would make such a statement and such a blanket statement of all parents and use such a nonsensical word as transphobia. This isn't about being afraid of trans people. This is about protecting our girls, our daughters, our our females in this country um, and to ensure a safe and fair playing field. And, of course, every parent has a right to feel concerned if a teenage boy or a man is going to give be given access into their private spaces, such as change rooms and toilets. Uh, and, you know, that does put women's safety at threat. And then on the playing field, uh, particularly for contact sports, such as football and and even things like basketball or whatever it is, uh, soccer on the playing field, it puts women um, also at risk from the physical danger of males who appropriate femaleness uh, to say that they can participate in sport. Because the reality is in this nation, at the moment, uh, there are many provisions for males to appropriate womanhood, to play in sporting teams of their choice, uh, and many of them haven't even reduced their, testo- their testosterone, let alone had any other kind of surgeries or interventions. Many of them just self-identify as women. And then uh, all the advantages that, that came with their puberty, that came not just with testosterone, but with an increased uh, bone density and bone structure, uh, greater lung capacity, more blood volume, more um, muscle memory and, and muscle fibres that all re- result in greater speed, stamina and strength, which means it is unfair. It means, I mean, the whole reason we have male and female sporting categories is because there's a clear biological difference. And for Zali Stegel, uh, an independent MP, to label all parents as transphobic who have concerns and ask questions and rely on biological reality. It's offensive and it's dangerous.
Let's stay with this Catherine Deves furor for a few more moments because I know that a lot of listeners will be saying, yes, it's one thing to have a bit of a battle going on in one seat, in the seat of Warringah. But what is the Prime Minister saying? What is the Leader of the Opposition saying? Uh, I understand that really right back to the first day of the campaign, the Prime Minister, in fact, supported Catherine Deves. Uh, you'd uh, You'd be pretty happy about that, wouldn't you? I am, Neil. I'm, I'm very happy that both the Prime Minister and the Opposition Leader, to some degree, have had to express um, you know, support for this view, that girls should play sport against girls and boys should play sport against boys. Both of them have expressed this view. Um, Scott Morrison has definitely been more on the front foot and supportive of Catherine Deves and her views, and that's a good thing. However, I will just ask listeners to be aware that... It's, it's taken this amount of pressure to get these leaders to even speak on this issue because both of their policies are that anyone who identifies as a woman is a woman. So that's Labor and National Coalition policy, and that is Labor policy. Labor goes further uh, with the self-identification. But at the moment, both major parties in this country, while they pay lip service to the fact that women should have a fair and safe playing field. That's not reflected in their actual policies. Both parties have said that uh, the the current Human Rights Commission and the anti the Sex Discrimination Act provides provision for um, sporting clubs to discriminate according to biology. But as Kath, uh, Claire Chandler has noted in her bill to save women's sports, that in reality this isn't the way it plays out. So what you're saying here, and this is important just to pause and reflect for a few moments, uh, let me ask you, is it at the present time illegal for sports clubs to ban biological males from playing on women's sporting teams? Well, that is an excellent question, Neil, and the answer is it's very grey and very blurred. There is no definitive answer on that. Uh, the, The way the sex discrimination Act is at the moment. Uh, First of all, I should say in 2013, the Julia Gillard government removed definitions of man and woman, male and female, from the Act. So the Sex Discrimination Act no longer has any provision for the protection of biological sex. It does have provision for anyone who appropriates the opposite sex. So it has more uh, safeguards for males to transition to female and females who transition to males and actual males or females themselves. Secondly, uh, in the sporting guidelines and in the uh, laws themselves, it says that sporting clubs can, if they feel there is an unfair advantage of allowing a male to play as a female, they can have some restrictions. They can implement um uh, you know, the the banning of those males from female sports. However, um, what the acceptable boundaries are, what the acceptable lines are and what would, um, you know, hold up in court has not ever been tested. And so, as you know, there are thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of sporting clubs around Australia. The majority of them are community-based and community-run and community-funded. And uh, they don't have the ability to wade into this legal area. They don't have the expertise. They don't have the resources. And so uh, in most cases, what we're hearing is it's just easier to go along with the status quo, to go along with allowing males to participate as females because they don't want the attention. They don't want the expensive and lengthy legal battles to find out whether or not the Act would fall on their side or the other side. So it's a very complex area, and this is why Senator Claire Chandler 
has presented or tabled her bill to save women's sports because it is so unclear. Unfortunately, neither the Coalition nor Labor have made any commitment to supporting that bill or to changing the policy. Let's stay with the leaders here for a few moments because uh, just in case any listeners are confused here because uh, where you've got Scott Morrison who says, yes, I support Catherine Deves and then you've got uh, the leader of the opposition who says uh, he supports uh, women being able to play on sporting teams without uh, the inclusion of those biological males. Personal preferences, what the leaders say, is that a little bit irrelevant because if party policy doesn't reflect that there is a position, then uh, personal preferences mean nothing. That's just politicking. Uh, look, it appears as politicking in many ways. Uh, again, I would say to people, it's very important in your state and in your local area when it comes election time to look at your individual candidates because there are some people such as... Um, Senator Claire Chandler, such as Catherine Dee, such as Amanda Stoker, uh, such as Matthew Canavan. There are are quite a number of politicians who have made very strong and firm stands on this. And we want to see those people re-elected or elected for the first time because they can take this argument to to Parliament. I think someone like Scott Morrison has made his uh, views pretty clear, but it's obviously not the view of the entire party. And when we have someone like the uh, Minister for Women, Maurice Payne, uh, the Minister for Sports, um, Richard Colbeck, I think it is, um, you know, basically standing firm on the fact that anyone who wants to be a woman is a woman, then voters need to be very aware and very careful of who they vote for and who they're able to vote for in their particular state for the senators and in their particular areas for local MPs. But as I said, as it stands, uh, the coalition doesn't have a written policy, LGBT policy, that we can quote. But when we've asked the Prime Minister's office, when we've asked the Minister for Women, they both reply with anyone who identifies as a woman is a woman, whereas Labor does have um, a much more stringent policy that seems to really prefer uh, appeasing the transgender lobby over and above women's rights when it comes to their policy in total. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. 1-800-316-316. If you've got a comment or a question or even a critique for our conversation today, our special guest is Kiralee Smith. Kiralee leads the organisation called Binary. And uh, we're talking through all issues around uh, transgender agenda and women and girls playing sport. Kiralee, let's take a call. Bev is on the line from Queensland. Hello, Bev. Welcome. Thank you, Neil. Um, a comment, really, not taking away from the, you know, the, the situation for the women, but just a tongue-in-cheek question. Is this the real climate change? <laughs> okay. Yep. Kiralee? Well, it's definitely definitely changing the climate, isn't it? And as you and I have discussed many times, Neil, on air, the fact that we warned about these things prior to changing the definition of marriage and we warned that if we redefined uh, gender in marriage and removed the terms male and female, then this would also happen, particularly targeting children and in schools. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that words are now being uh, redefined uh, and terms you know, that we've always used, we're not allowed to use anymore or have been rendered meaningless. And woman is one of those terms because if... 
if a woman can have male genitalia, then are they really a woman? So, yes, I think Bev's probably right, and I, I like that saying, that this is the real climate change. Okay, Bev, thank you so much. Uh, there's a certain sense here in which you can group various issues under a woke agenda, and uh, climate change often gets grouped under that agenda too. And so uh, issues that we're talking about today around uh, women and girls in sport, yes, there's a certain woke agenda on the transgender agenda. Hey, let's talk about the other parties. Uh, we mentioned the Prime Minister, we mentioned the Leader of the Opposition, uh, their own personal focus, but the fact that that doesn't reflect what their party policies are, in fact, around girls and women in sport. What about the other parties? Any thoughts here, Kiralee? Yes, well, we've been asking all politicians and all parties what their position is. I will say Binary is not a political party and we don't support a particular uh, political party. We simply uh, inform and make uh, raise awareness of where each politi- political party and candidates that we know of stand on this issue. So, um, yeah, and we've had some really great responses and then there's others, uh, like, let's use the Greens, for example, that are absolutely appalling. Um, the Greens are very far left and very much of the opinion that anyone can self-identify as often as they like, however they like, and it has very serious consequences. But it's interesting to note that there are many uh, female voters in particular leaving the Greens because of their position on this issue where uh, they really do champion the rights of transgender people or activists over and above the rights of women. But we found uh, some of the minor parties have some excellent positions. We've already seen um, uh, One Nation's track record on this and it's fantastic. Here in New South Wales where I live Mark Latham is an MLC for One Nation and he has been an absolute champion for parental rights and for the removal of gender fluidity in schools. Uh, we know Pauline Hanson but now also her running mate George Christensen. He has been ex- exceedingly vocal in Parliament and raising awareness of these issues. Uh, so I think we voters can be reasonably confident that uh, Pauline Hanson's One Nation is very much of the opinion uh, that uh, biological sex matters and that children should be protected from radical gender ideology. Uh, We've asked the Liberal Democrats who are experiencing a a great rise in support and numbers and um, we've had some great answers from them as well. Uh, They very much believe that biological sex is the paramount factor when defining what a woman is. Uh, They think that uh, parental rights is extremely important. Uh, They think that women should be protected in sports and in women's spaces and and things like that. So that was very encouraging to hear back from representatives of the Liberal Democrats. And uh, the United Australia Party was an interesting one. That's Clive Palmer's party, or people might know Craig Kelly, the MP. Uh, They basically wouldn't enter into... uh, very specific policy, um, but I've had contact with a number of their candidates who have all said that personally they believe that biology matters and that they would be defending the rights of women and girls uh, in the sporting field, in change rooms, in school and education policy as well. So my encouragement to people is please contact the candidates who are standing in your area and ask them not just about this gender issue, but if you have other issues that concern you. Uh, Because, you know, if they're going to represent you in uh, this way, then they need to be able to answer these questions. So um, obviously there'll be independence as well uh, running and you need to ask them. The Nationals haven't responded 
uh, per se, but um, experience tells us and uh, what where they've stood so far in the parliament is obviously inside the coalition and that their policy is that anyone who identifies as a woman is a woman. This is one of those prime examples, isn't it, Kira Lee? And uh, Christian commentators on this program are now taking a position uh, for this election that basically says vote for people over parties. Uh, And really that's something that is a little bit confronting, particularly if you've had a rusted on way of voting in the past. Uh, When you hear uh, Christian leaders who are authoritatively saying uh, that, uh, you know, the parties are getting it wrong. If you're going to actually line up policies with your Christian convictions with a fairly standard and fairly easy to come to biblical foundation, uh, they've moved away from where those Christian foundations are that won't ever change. The thought of voting for people over parties, what are your thoughts here? Because as you reflect on all of those different political parties, uh, they've all got different sorts of positions. Some of them are favourable, some of them not. Uh, what are your thoughts on people over parties? Well, I, I agree with that, Neil. I think that it's very important. Uh, when I look at... Um, I've been actively engaged in the political system now for about 11 or 12 years, and it's really opened my eyes to uh, that, yes, the country changed immensely, but we also... It's a, it's a very broken political system, so... Uh, I think it's been designed as the two-party preferred system, of course. It's been designed that we would always think Labor's on the left and Liberal's on the right, but it's just not the case anymore, as you said, and as many uh, Christian leaders have pointed out. And so it is time for Christians, for all Australians, to take personal responsibility and to not just wait until the day and go in and cast your vote for who you've always cast your vote for. Uh, We need to take this very seriously. We need to be responsible for our actions. This is still a democracy, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and that means that we need to take that responsibility. We need to be informed, first and foremost. We need to ask the questions. We need to be engaged, and then we need to uh, cast our votes accordingly. There's no perfect person and there's no perfect government. The only perfect government will be, as Isaiah said, when that government rests upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ when he returns, and, and not before then. But before then, we have that responsibility to be a part of the system in this country. And that system demands that every single one of us has the obligation to vote. And so we shouldn't vote ignorantly. We should vote being informed, being engaged and taking responsibility for our vote. And I'll also say just personally, I don't think anyone has a right to whinge about the government if they're not engaged in this process. Wow. Political system broken, one ideology against another, detached from what we'd call an objective truth, uh, which we'd say is a biblical truth. And so, interestingly, just to reflect on the Greens for a moment, uh, you said just a few moments back, uh, females leaving the Greens. Uh, That might indicate that women are seeing those sorts of policies as sexist, uh, certainly, uh, when you've got these sorts of parties, uh, they eventually move to an overreach. Is there a sexism in the Greens that women are identifying? And is that the reason, do you think, why they're leaving? Oh, well, that's what I'm being told, Neil, and that's what we're seeing. We've seen it reported, particularly in the, the United Kingdom, uh, that they appointed a transgender male to female as the head of the Women's Policy Centre um, for the UK Greens, which was obviously so offensive for radical feminists. And 
and just women in general. So it is the Greens I'm hearing this about, but I am also hearing about it from Labor voters. And it's interesting to note that that many of the women are using the term that they are now politically homeless because they will not you know, agree with conservative issues such as um, sanctity of life but they are very offended by these gender policies. So it's a really interesting time that we live in uh, where women, and particularly the radical feminists, are feeling very oppressed, very excluded, uh, and and very dominated uh, by this agenda of, of males getting to choose, you know, whether they're male or female or anything in between. Kiralee, we just before the news, I cut you off a little bit there, and you were about to enlarge a little on... Uh, Labor's policy and uh, Labor's policy has been reduced since the last election. How do you describe how Labor has changed their format for policy formation because uh, issues around women? Yeah, well, Labor experienced quite a backlash at the last election because Bill Shorten and others were going pretty hard on the whole LGBT campaigns and issues. Uh, but they did find that there was quite a backlash, especially from women after the last election, that there is an issue when it comes to uh, the, the transgender lobby because it denies biological reality and rejects the science and it uh, oppresses women primarily. And so a lot of Labor women, but also men at that time, were feeling very ostracised. And so it's been very interesting to compare the policies between uh, 2019 to today where there's now very few hyperlinks on the page. There's very few expansion points. Uh, it's just simply says very vague things like that Labor stands to promote and protect LGBT rights, but uh, there's not much, uh, yeah, not, not many specific things said in the policy other than they have the policy and there will be protections in place. But what those protections are, we're not too sure just yet. Uh, but what we do know is that Tanya Plebisek, the minister for, or the shadow minister for women, we do know that many of uh, the members of the Labor Party have a very strong policy that anyone who identifies as a woman is a woman. They want to see self-identification, uh, changes on birth certificates uh, and, and passports and other forms of identification. So we know that Labor has um, a strong transgender policy, but not quite as strong as the Greens. Interestingly, if you've got political parties who don't have the backbone to clearly articulate in writing in their policy their support for women across this huge issue, women and girls in sport, uh, differentiating women from the transgender agenda. If you've got political parties that can't articulate that, isn't that a silence in a way that actually endorses we are anti-women? Well, I think it does, Neil, and it... Even more than that, it just says that they're weak and that they're playing politics most of the time um, when they won't draw a line in the sand. Gone are the days, unfortunately, where we had very strong uh, leaders who would do that. And now they seem to blow with the wind and uh, and just go with the news cycle and, and say whatever they think will be uh, prosperous for them at the time, unfortunately. Um, but there is a lot of politicking going on. And it is women uh, in particular and girls who uh, will suffer the consequences of these things and ultimately families as well. And just in case there are listeners who think that somehow or other, uh, you're, if you're criticising uh, the Labor policy here and, and saying that it's, uh, you know, anti-women uh, and pro-transgender, 
this is the same on the conservative side of politics. And I think you even mentioned that the Nationals didn't even respond when you asked them. And, and we're often critical of parties that don't respond when they're asked to give definitive answers for what they think on these sorts of things. So uh, the thought here, uh, you know, if you've got uh, Labor reducing their own policies, uh, it's the same on the Liberal side. I mean, has it changed at all? You mentioned just a little earlier in our conversation, and we've had this conversation before, the Minister for Women, Maurice Payne, hasn't been able to define a woman. Uh, any thoughts here? As You know, how significant is this? The election's coming, and here we are still talking about these things. Yeah, I actually think it's quite devastating, Neil, and it, it is harmful and it's causing this kind of harm. It's causing this kind of disruption. It didn't need to be an election issue. Had the Minister for Women, Maurice Payne, had the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, drawn a line in the sand and said that uh, the definitions of the term man and woman would be reinstated into the Sex, sex Discrimination Act, had they supported uh, Claire Chandler's private senator's bill uh, to save women's sport, had they done what a conservative liberal government should have done, and that is protect the, the rights of women and children. But they refused to be drawn in. They refused to act. They refused to take a position other than, as I said, someone like, people like Maurice Payne have been quite firm on the fact that anyone who identifies as a woman is a woman. So it doesn't really matter the amount of lip service that coalition... Uh, Members might pay to to what we have to say. What is the fact that uh, their policy is not reflecting what they're saying? It's the policy that counts. That's what we're voting for when we have those candidates and uh, those elected members. Uh, it's the policy we're concerned about. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. You might have a question, a comment. Uh, you might even be flabbergasted that uh, we're even having a conversation like this or that we need to have a conversation like this. 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Shelby is in Brisbane. Hi, Shelby. Hello, um, Neil. I, I, I didn't get the lady's name. Uh, Kiralee. Anyway, hello. Kiralee. Yeah, Kiralee. Ah, yes. Great. Yeah, Kiralee. Hey, mate, um, I just think it's a shame in the sense that, look, we, we've got to be compassionate towards these people. However... They are what they are when, from whence they were born. Now, the problem with men going into um, women's sport is they're much stronger. Um, we know that, you know, it's the old adage is the weaker sex and so on and so on, but there's very few girls that can match a man's strength. And I just think it's wrong to mix this up. Um, where are we coming to? Um, the Heavenly Father, with all this confusion, will have the last say anyway. But um, I'm, I, I will say, as far as I'm concerned, we need a lot of prayers about this because there are people that may not have a spiritual belief and don't fully comprehend what this is doing uh, you know, even to the fact of young children, you know, you hear the situation uh, where they're, they're already coaxing them along the way of this. Well, for goodness sakes, give them to maturity to decide for themselves and don't start deciding for them. Shelby, you're making a lot of sense. A uh, thought or two from Kiralee. Yeah, look, Shelby, I totally agree. And I think that you are expressing the views of the majority of Australians, of course, we think there should be compassion and the ability for adults 
to make their own decisions of how they want to dress, what drugs they want to take or what surgeries they might want to undergo. But when it is being pressed onto children and when it's being um, given to them as an as an option without sharing the consequences when it's being, um, you know, taken onto the sporting field and people are being put at great disadvantage because of it. That's where we draw the line. And that's where we we have to say enough is enough. And as you said, God will have the first and the last say. Uh, he's already told us in the opening chapters of the Bible that he created male and female, male and female, he created them. Uh, at the end of time, you know, and, and throughout time, he's given us unique and wonderful differences that we can celebrate uh, that are very much distinguish us. We have the same value because value-wise and salvation-wise, there is no male and female in Christ Jesus. Um, that's, that's, that doesn't mean that there aren't the differences between us that we must continue to observe and we must continue to protect the fairer sex, the weaker sex um, of women and girls. So, And as you said, it's not just a, a Christian thing. This affects all people. And interestingly, it's the lesbians who are feeling the most ostracised because they rely on biological reality for their sexual uh, orientation. Um, and it's now the transgender male to female who are saying that they're lesbians because they feel like it, which is utterly absurd. Shelby, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open 1-800-316-316. Your opportunity to introduce a dimension, perhaps we haven't talked about it yet, and you'd like to know some detail. Uh, Kira Lee Smith is our guest. She leads Binary. Let's touch on uh, some other things that have been happening. Uh, just last week, there was, uh, you know, it's almost a stand-up fight in the New South Wales Parliament between Mark Latham and Alex Greenwich, and he's been uh, pushing the transgender rights. Uh, you were monitoring what was going on, Kiralee. Uh There was a big argument there. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, well, there was a lot of back and forth. Um, it included the Premier Don Perrottet, Alex Greenwich, Mark Latham, uh, and even uh, an independent Greg Piper um, got in on the act. And uh, they were discussing the matter of parental rights and an education inquiry that had gone on in New South Wales and whether or not recommended recommendations would be adopted. Uh, they were talking about Catherine Dees being uh, endorsed as the, the Liberal candidate in the seat of Warringah. And what it boiled down to was that the uh, New South Wales MP Alex Greenwich has threatened to withdraw support from the minority government, uh, the Liberal government in New South Wales, if Dom Perrottet continued to promote women and girls' sex-based rights in sport, which is absolutely mind-boggling that he would use that as a threat, that he would think that's a valid threat and uh, that he would hold the government to ransom over that. So uh, thankfully at this stage, Perrottet has refused to back down and has said that it is a matter of physiology and biology that girls should play sport against girls. Uh, however, these uh, two MPs are wanting to have hold some more meetings and are trying to stop um, both Perrottet and Mark Latham pursuing this bill, pursuing the recommendations and pursuing the conversation that must be had at this level of biological reality. The momentum is certainly with the transgender push, isn't it? And uh, that's driven by the media. Uh, the language is changing. All sorts of things are being promoted by mainstream media. What are your perceptions of what's going on with this momentum that really is pushing this whole agenda? Uh, look, I find it quite infuriating, Neil, to read uh, news reports, uh, 
each and every day where the media is not just complicit, but they're actively engaging in the propaganda that someone can change their sex. Um, the Herald Sun has a report in the, just in these last few days of a boys' school welcoming their first ever female. But as you read the story, you realise it's not a female. It's a boy who identifies as female. Uh, but the, the reporter and the Herald Sun have published this story as though this is a female. Female is a scientific term. It, it denotes the production of large gametes and a female reproductive system and female genitalia. And this boy at the boys' school is just wearing a dress and changed his name. He's not female. And so it's absolutely staggering to me that, one, an education uh, facility such as a private school can go along with this. You know, you're in class, Biology 101, about gametes and reproductive systems is thrown out the window because someone says they feel like the opposite sex. Two, the media reports it as fact, and it's not fact. Uh, you mentioned schools too. Uh, the, the thought that, and uh, what comes to mind, I don't have uh, statistics in front of me, but there's been a movement of parents out of state schools and putting their children into Christian schools because they hope that there is a little more protection uh, in Christian schools. It's also been, I think, fueling the homeschool movement. Any thoughts here about uh, what sort of developments have been happening because of this whole agenda? Yeah, it is absolutely happening. I don't have the statistics in front of me either, Neil, but we do know that there is, um, and, and for other reasons as well, but there's definitely this is a major uh, consideration for people. We know in Queensland, with the gender-bred person teaching going on, we know that there's a lot of schools signed up to teaching this gender ideology, but the Palaszczuk government has uh, decided to protect those schools and not make that public knowledge. We know in Victoria... Uh, Dan Andrews is making it virtually compulsory for all schools to teach gender policy. Uh, the Northern Territory are just um, are playing around with draft policies at the moment that would remove parental consent from such classes. Um, this is going on right around the country and parents are very concerned. Uh, I would say be very aware though, even moving to Christian schools or to Catholic schools, we're still hearing reports of Schools that are being caught out because they don't have a firm policy in place. We know that recently the City Point Christian School came under fire because they dared to even um, articulate a policy around these issues. So it is very fraught and uh, we need to make sure that as parents, we take responsibility, just as we were talking about voting before. Obviously, parents need to be very engaged in their children's education, whether that's homeschooling, Christian schooling or state schooling. But make sure you're having these conversations with the school principals, with the school uh, boards. Make sure you understand what their policies are regarding these things, regarding what's being taught, what books are in the library and what their policies are for transgender students. Because I am aware of um, several Christian schools that have accepted transgender students and uh, it's made it very difficult when it comes to bathrooms, school camps and and uh, sporting uh, competitions within the school. So parents, please be engaged with your schools one way or another to understand what the policies are and to make your opinions known. Let's take another call. Chris is in Ararat in Victoria. Hi, Chris. Welcome along. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, just a quick question, but I think it's very important. If we are the majority, why are they allowed to walk all over us? Uh, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, Kiralee, your thoughts for Chris? 
Yeah, Chris, it's it's hard to understand you. Um, but basically, because I think, um, in my observation and my experience over the years, is we've allowed uh, these very strong political lobbying groups to influence our politicians, uh, whether they are either paralysed with fear or they're threatened, and they uh, they don't do what they need to do. And this is where. A lot of Christians and conservative people in particular, we obviously we're very concerned and engaged with our families and our communities, but we haven't always been engaged politically. And I think this is a big wake-up call that we need to be engaged. We need to be discussing these things with our local representatives and we need to be making, you know, the silent majority cannot be silent any longer. We need to make our voices heard. So you need to join with campaigns such as what we have at binary.org.au. Other organisations are doing similar things, not specifically focused on gender. We're the only organisation in Australia focused on gender in particular, and we need to be making our voices heard so we can't be silent any longer. And Chris, I suspect the politicians always want you to vote according to the economic agenda and uh, the social agenda is going to the dogs. Chris, thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call. James is in Kyabram in Victoria. Hi, James. Yes, hello. Yes, um, I was just thinking when I went to school, uh, near the end of high school, my mother was dying of cancer. So um, I was still going to school. And the the thing was, when I came home, I didn't have a dad. So I couldn't do the homework. And I think the teachers all knew I was, you know, good at reading and all those things. But I kept getting lower marks because of of the fact I wasn't doing homework. Because I come home and I had to look after mum and take care of the things dad would have done. And so I kept going down in lower classes. So people probably would say, well, that's discriminatory, really. But I'm thinking people who want to be involved with a a gender thing, they should be in classes where they can ask the questions that they need to ask. And I might think it's discriminatory, true, but I'm looking after their needs as well because I think if they have different needs and aspects that they need to discuss, they might want to share it in front of a classroom of other people who don't have that same orientation. So, you know, so looking after them. But, I, I mean, I know some of these things are... That was passed up. But also there was a thing about, I, I remember that there used to be a thing where the doctors used to be able to decide for you if you were, if you were they looked at the male and they thought his appendage wasn't enough. They could cut it off and make him into a girl. That might have stopped. But um, I was just thinking that's, you know, hopefully that's the case because you're sort of thinking there's people with so much confusion about these issues that if they knew some of the history, they might think differently about what they're deciding today. And, and having someone to educate them on this stuff that it don't rush into it because later on, you know, if you want to become a man, you know, well, we know all these things, but I think that's more the stuff that should be getting addressed. Uh, and, and it's a psychological thing, not so much a, a governmental issue. James, uh, interesting points you're raising there. Kiralee, your thoughts for James? Uh, look, yeah, look, the, the, what you're talking about, two different things. Intersex is a biological reality, and yes, but most of those surgeries have stopped now, and people are left to wait and develop, and then they can make decisions. The ideological view, um, what we're worried about in schools is that school staff are not qualified to make these medical decisions or these parental decisions, and so the schools have been infiltrated by ideologues and activists who are now transitioning children without parental consent and without medical uh, expertise. And so it needs to get out of schools altogether. Schools are for education, not for these issues whatsoever. And also that... um, where the, the schools want to be um, involved in these things, there needs to be far more transparency, and it's just not. These are theories, these are 
uh, activism, it's, it's extremism in many cases. So we could do another, we'll have to do another whole hour, Neil, on, <laughs> on the education <laughs> system, I think, because it's very complex and it's very involved, but it's also quite simple, that these decisions need to be made by parents and medical doctors. And we do know that 80 to 90% of children who are gender confused, if they're left without any medical intervention, will revert and accept their biological sex uh, without any issues whatsoever. When they've uh, intervened with and messed with at a young age, it causes uh, all sorts of problems. And we have the medical studies to show that. James, thanks so much for your call. Just a couple of minutes remaining for our conversation, Kiralee. Uh, the sorts of things you might be thinking about as a proactive answer to some of the challenges we've been talking about through this hour. Uh, Senator Claire Chandler's bill, uh, the Tasmanian senator, there are some really good uh, initiatives and legislation being proposed. It's just getting those voted on in the parliament. Uh, What are your thoughts for, uh, you know, what's the answer going forward? Yeah, well, I think in in the immediate uh, sense, before you go and cast your vote, find out where the candidates stand and let them know. Communicate to them how you will be casting your vote based on uh, where they stand. I think we do need to, once the election has been um, run and settled and uh, the government is in place, please write to those government people that... Bill has been tabled but not yet debated or voted upon and that needs to happen. So it's in the system that can happen. It's very reasonable and it should happen but there needs to be public pressure for that to happen. Uh, Also, get engaged, as I said, with things like binary.org.au so that uh, we're running campaigns constantly that are awareness, education, lobbying, uh, a whole range of different things that people can be involved in and uh, it's it really lifts that whole silence off the silence majority when uh, we have more than, we're almost at 60,000 subscribers now, Neil, on email. Uh, we reach millions, more than a million people a week on social media, but uh, there's a lot more that need to hear the message and uh, feel the hope that comes with knowing that they're empowered to do something about it. 60,000 subscribers, and I think you might get a few more after delivering the thoughts you've delivered today, Kiralee. Uh, 60,000 subscribers. Uh, I know you've had some goals for some fundraising. You've been wanting to put your best and strongest foot forward during the campaign. I'll point listeners to binary.org.au and you could become one of those subscribers. You could become a supporter. Binary.org.au. Kiralee Smith leads the organisation Binary at the forefront of standing up uh, onto this rampant campaign to degender Australian society. Kiralee, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us once again today on 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 